Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerberson, joined with Reed Bacon. Got a great one. The Vols are 1-0, baby. Beat Bowling Green. We break down the entire game, tell you what we saw on the offensive side and the defensive side, where we need improvement, where good things were. Uh, we talk about the rest of the SEC, what they're looking like, and how you know Tennessee looks comparatively. And then we go into the pit game. What do we need to do as a defense, as an offense, uh, and the players to look for uh, during this game? So great podcast, a little longer than expected, but we had a great time doing it. Uh, let's start it up. Tie the game. Snap. The kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score. Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our presenting sponsor, as always, betonline.ag. You know it, I've said it, every podcast, it's the place to go for any of your betting on any sport, anything out there. They got all the news, the stats, the odds that you were looking for. Heck, they got stuff on gold medal uh, things that are going on in the Olympics, um, baseball that's in full swing, golf, everything. So if you know, you're looking to bet on anything, that's the place to go. So uh, you you know sign up online or use your mobile device and get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, so that's betonline.ag. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, got to shout out a new sponsor. Uh, balance seven so it is a, a ph balancing alkaline supplement that you know just helps boost you earn your energy helps keep you hydrated all that kind of stuff it's uh you know something that you can really use when you're working out when you're trying to get healthy um so 
it's perfect. It's awesome. Uh, so cool thing is we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. Uh, that product retails for $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Uh, again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout and get in on the promotion. I know I will. Welcome in, everyone. The Tennessee Vols are officially 1-0, and and it is a great feeling. Uh, here with my buddy Reed. How we doing, bud? 1-0, boys. 1-0. Wait, how did that look? Was that backwards? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, that might have been 0-1. No, so 1-0. <laughs> uh, man, you and I haven't talked really since as we texted a little bit during the game. And I'm fired up. You just said it. You were ready to hear what I have. I'm ready to hear what you have. Uh, and this is the most prep I've put into a UT football game. I was there, watched it, and then uh, watched everything on YouTube. I've got a laundry list of notes. So. I love that. I love that you're taking it serious. Um, people, people might not be excited, though, because they, you know, they're still ripping for you for rambling. You know, I've been thinking about that. We've, we've been watching some film over here, the bacon households. <laughs> And today we're going to be – we're going to talk a lot. I mean, seriously, we're, it's probably going to be a long podcast. because we want to hit the game. We're going to talk a little bit about SEC, and then we're going to obviously dive into Pitt. So it's going to be a long pod. You folks might want to break it up into two. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going to be concise today. More concise. Yeah. I mean, just get your facts out, get the things that you want to say out, and then we can move on. <laughs> Hey, I don't blame you. I, I like it. I like I like listening to you. I like arguing with you. I like your points and all that kind of stuff. So we'll keep it going. First, we're going to start with breaking down the game. Uh, we're going to go offense and defense individually. And uh, I guess, I mean, should we start with offense? I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, I actually want to start with being there, if I could. I kind of want to just jump in real quick with going to the game. Um, okay. So, I love. I thought it was a very good atmosphere for a Thursday night. Uh, the place was not packed, but it doesn't matter that it wasn't packed because it was still very loud. It had some great energy. People forget we got a hundred thousand. I mean, these. I mean, eighty eighty thousand or eighty five thousand is an incredible for probably eighty five ninety percent of college teams out there. I mean, this is a, a Thursday night. Correct. It's a you know what I mean? Like people got work in the morning, yet there was still eighty four thousand three hundred fourteen. I think that's what the total was. Yeah, and it felt great in there. I mean, really, it felt great. Like I said, the energy felt great. You could definitely see some open spots in the in the upper deck, but the lower bowl was pretty much full. Thursday night, um, coming off of a, a, a pit, you know a not a good season. It's Bowling Green. People are like, hey. Check this one out on TV. Let's see how they look. You know, like you said, work the next day, school night the next day. I mean, when I was in middle school and high school, like, you know, that would be, you know, I probably would have still gone, but that's still something that you probably have to leave early or whatever. But I, I thought it was really, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it. I, like I said, I was happy with the energy. I was happy with the noise. It was still very loud. Um, and it was just great to be back. Your boy got, your boy, some people saw on Twitter. 
I made sure to eat enough for all of us. And, and let me say this, Ariel, my girlfriend was with me, so she ate some of that, but I did have <laughs> the, the official stat line was three hot dogs, um, half of a cookie cake, the pulled pork nachos. I had never had those before. They're from, amazing. Bro, they were incredible. They were incredible. I couldn't stop eating them. Uh, we had a pretzel. We had a pulled pork sandwich besides the pulled pork nachos. Uh, I was able to take down half of a beer. You know, I'm a baby, but, you know, those beers were big. Those are like the 25 ounces. God, this guy. <laughs> uh, at least just lie and say you took down two of them. No, it was funny. I was driving, and like I said, and then Ariel drank her 25-ouncer and then the rest of mine. <laughs> so, um, you showed but, you up. Uh, but, but anyways, great atmosphere uh, for what it was, and I was really, really happy to see it. And Tennessee fans are great. They're, we've always been great. So, so I'm, I was pumped about that. Yeah, for sure. Did it sound um, good on TV? Oh, it sounded great. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was super loud. Uh, it didn't, you know, watching on TV, you wouldn't notice that it was emptier. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it showed people were excited when the game started, it was loud running through the tee and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, yeah, it just goes to show you that like Vol Nation, Vol Nation, it literally doesn't, it doesn't matter. We still love the Vols. That's just Expect how yeah. it is especially at the start of the season. I mean, now, granted, if we are a three-win team, it's funny. We still got 70,000 in there, but it's, you know, especially at the beginning of the season. I will say the only thing that bummed me out is the PA announcer was a little off. Like, I thought he was a little off when the the boys were running out of the tee or whatever. Or, you know, sometimes they say stuff, I thought. But what really caught me off is, you know, it's it's football time in Tennessee. And you hear the whoosh when he kicks off. Well, he'd already kicked off. They'd already filmed it while he was saying it. Oh. <laughs> and, oh, and I noticed that because I loved that. But Ariel was there, so I kind of wanted her to see it. But he, he was a little off on it. But <laughs> it's all good. He was he was coming back from the bathroom, like rushing in. <laughs> it's, it's football time. It's yeah. Like, yeah, and Bowling Green's like the 12-yard line already running out. Yeah. So. You missed it. Um, okay. All right. So let's actually get into the game. Uh, I say we go offense first. I think people are interested in that. And like you've said before, I have more of a knack for offense and wanting to talk about offense because I am an offensive player, so I cannot help myself. But, uh, yeah, I say we go offense first. Um, overall, I, I, I loved it because we were up-tempo, we're going fast, uh, there was no like wasted time, especially with like wide receivers and running backs. Like once they got tackled, they're immediately like ball to the ref, get lined up, look to the sideline, which is like the hardest part about going fast is your skill guys running downfield, running everywhere else. And then having, it takes so long to get set up. Um, so I thought that was awesome. I think that's really going to help us. I thought, you know, these are kind of like overall stuff, not going into position, but I thought like the adjustments at halftime because it started out very balanced, like run, pass, run, pass, easy passes uh, for, for, for Joe. And then it kind of – in the second quarter, I think he was like, let's take some shots. Let's 
you know, push the ball downfield. And that's where a drop pass can really affect the offense uh, where just a little too far of a throw and you're, you know, you're second and 10 now instead of a touchdown, which happened a couple times. Um, but then it was like, okay, third quarter, we're literally going to run the ball 10 straight times and score a touchdown. Like, Oh, it made me feel so good. I tweeted about it right away. It's just like, it, like running the football. It, 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 I feel like it's a cure all for everything. Um, if you're able to run the football, you're able to win games no matter what. So I just love that adjustment because he saw what the defense was giving him in the second quarter. They started dropping eight, rushing three, and it almost feels like a waste. You have six-man protection and three rushers. <laughs> you got eight versus four out in the field. Uh, so I just love the adjustments overall. Um, and, I mean, I guess we you can talk about, like, the overall offensive scheme, what you saw, and then we'll go into position specific kind of stuff. Let me let me ask you this too before I jump in. Did you think they were pretty vanilla? Um yeah, I would say so. I think it was I think it was I think it was vanilla. I saw a ton of inside zone. I saw counter. I saw some pin and pulls, uh, which is like a mix between like a toss play and an outside zone. Like it's, and that kind of stuff works versus bear very well because of where the defensive lineman is. Um, and I can kind of explain that real quick, but defensive lineman head up over the center and then one on the inside shoulder of the tackle on this side, one on the inside shoulder of the tackle on the other side. So the tackles and the center or the guards have good leverage on those defensive linemen to block down on them and then have two guys pull around. So that's why the pin and pull works so well versus the bear defense. Um, and, you know, why we ran it when I was there because Oklahoma, Alabama, teams like that just gotten bear to stop the spread. That I mean, that's kind of what they do. So uh, having that in your arsenal is good. But – I did. I didn't think there was like anything flashy. I didn't think um, they did that much stuff. I did. I I love the RPOs. There was a few plays where it was three options on the play, and it was up to Joe to make the decision where whether he handed off to the running back, he runs it himself, or he throws it to a screen uh, or a little bubble out on the edge which we did a lot with Dobbs. And that's where it's like, hey, I trust my quarterback to make the right decision. He can see how many guys are in the pocket or how many guys are in the box. He can understand, oh, we don't have the numbers to run the ball. We have the numbers outside. So just stuff like that I, I loved. But I didn't think it was like, you know, showing crazy stuff. I thought it was more vanilla, which is kind of what I expected. Being in the stadium, I'm just going to go ahead and give this away. Being in the stadium, I was uh, I was fine with everything, but I, I'm more positive now that I watched it on YouTube and I watched the full game and I could rewind and all that stuff. Like I felt so much better just about everything. So, for example, and I, you know, I thought Joe Milton kind of looked a little weird. Like when he ran, he just looked kind of uncomfortable in person. I watched it on TV. I thought he looked fine. 
like I literally was like, why is this guy kind of not necessarily tiptoeing, but it just looked different in, in the stadium. And then yeah, I go and you, watch and where you were sitting, sometimes you can't even tell like mm-hmm. if he gained any yardage or if he lost yardage. Like it looked right. like you were kind of on the edge in the end zone. So it's like looking that way, it, it looks like he it was like anywhere, but he gained yeah. seven yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was so the, it was it wasn't that necessarily because I could I mean, so we were I guess at like the 10 yard line, 15 yard line. And and what really stuck was literally being on the first row because it's like, it's cool. Cause you're so close to this stuff, to the, to the, to the game. But like, I'd rather sit back up high. And next time I do go to the game, uh, I'm going to sit up, you know, 20, 30 rows. Cause I want to be able to see the whole field, but just, it just looked a little like, like robotic, like, uh, 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 like running, but on TV, it looked fine. Like I'm not worried about him running the ball at all. Like, you know, I mean, he just, you know, I think people were expecting, hey, if you want to be pass first, be pass first. But when you decide to run, go. Like, hit yeah. it hit it, and go instead of kind of dancing. But whatever. He, he, I thought he ran fine when I watched it on TV. He picked the spots, all that. So, I really do think – I feel pretty darn positive. I felt fine at the stadium. I feel better watching on YouTube offensively. So, I literally went through the entire game and just took notes on different stuff. So, I'm going to kind of hit that um, – instead of kind of as a whole, I'll kind of tie them all in. But, like, the second play, I love the little – literally the second play of the game on offense, the little play-action dump to Jacob Warren. Like, I love those plays. Yeah. And this is not picking on Jacob. Like, I just hope that instead of getting taken down for a five-yard, he catches it, turns, and when that DB or somebody hits him, he bounces off and keeps going. Because that's the type of stuff that when we first met Heupel, literally the first time you shook his hand, talked with him, we were talking with him, all that stuff, and he said, I got to get some dudes in here. And no disrespect to Jacob, it's his first game that I've, I've watched him play. So, like, he could easily translate into this. But, like, when you catch that, the good teams catch it and, and get tackled for five or six. The great teams catch it, break him off, you know, bounce off and get up to a first down or even more. Yeah. So, I that mean, that Alba- the Alabama tight end had two touchdowns. One of them he broke, like, two or three tackles to get in. So it's like that. I, I don't – honestly, we'll talk about this when we talk about the SEC preview. I mean, Bama's going to win it this year. I mean, it's it's a joke. Like, they're just in a league of their own. Like, there's no there's no Clemson. There's no Ohio State. There's none of these teams that are going to be able to compete with them this year. So just go ahead and throw your futures bets in. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so that was the second play on O that I saw. Um, and I thought, it, like, my notes were good, smart, vanilla drive. We pounded it, and it was 9.8 seconds in between the snaps. So it was like, we did what we had to do. We run the ball. We hit a lot of those little dink and dunks out there, which in the stadium, when we would do those little uh, – so you had a two-man two outside, and I thought our splits were pretty obvious that we the receivers were closer compared to having the slot splitting the difference between the tackle and the receiver – so yep. it was, hey, it's, we're going to do a little screen route. We're going to get it out to Javante Payton or whoever and let him make a guy miss. Well, in the stadium, it looked like it was three or four yards. On TV, it was six, seven, eight yards. So, so, and if you get six or seven, eight yards on first or second down, you you got the whole playbook. And so it was a good, smart vanilla drive. We went down. We did great. I was happy with that. Um, my number one thing I did love offensively is if they're going to have – three D line. So hands in the dirt and maybe an out, another outside guy standing up. So now I, I keep calling it a three man front, even though it's still like a six man front, but I'm just, I'm what I refer to that is, I mean, and they had three down linemen. Don't yeah. overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just pound it right at them. Yeah. We, we're better. We're better than they are. 
And even if we were somewhat evenly matched, we still have the numbers. So don't overthink stuff. And that was one thing I love to see about Josh. He, he wanted to work on some other things. He wanted to take his deep shots. He wanted to get some guys reps, but he knew he had to win the game. And he's like, F it. If I'm going to, and he did like coming out of the halftime or whatever, nine yeah. straight plays, eight straight plays, 10 plays, run, run. And we did it in a multitude of ways. You had Jabari Small, you had Todd Evans, and you had Joe Milton. So, um, you know, I, so that's some stuff I saw go through my notes here. Uh, on the second offense possession, I thought our offensive line um, and here's did a some, really good job. Here's something, too. It, for the people watching at home, he said, you know, 8.5 seconds between snaps. A good test to know that you're going fast is if you snap the ball before the clock gets to 20. That was like our measuring point because it's a 40 second clock. As soon as the guy is down, the clock starts. So if you can get a play in, get lined up and snap in 20 seconds before, you know, the play, the play clock has got down to 20, it's you're moving fast. That was our measuring point when I was in college. So watching at home, if you see it, you're like, heck yeah, they're snapping it at 25 seconds. 26 seconds, you know, this is fast, yeah. fast, fast. Yeah. Yeah. So thought, uh, I thought on the second offense possession, I thought Bowling Green had a really nice D line stunt. Um, and a guy got inside of Cade and it wasn't anything that Cade did wrong, but Jamari Spall was on the opposite side of Joe Milton works all the way over and gets just enough of a piece. Joe, um, Joe did an awesome job stepping up in the pocket, eyes downfield. And that's when he hit Princeton Pant you know, maybe seven, eight yards. But it was just great to see that, like, yep. Jabari Small got enough of a piece. And I really did think Joe did a really good job keeping his eyes downfield and stepping up in the pocket. Yeah. Um, maybe a few times where he held the ball too long. That's, but then again – I agree. I I, I, I I thought the same thing. I, I was – there were times, especially when they were doing the three-man rush, where I was just like, dude, just just run. Just, just take, take off. off. I know yeah. that you're – point downfield and you want to get the big shot and you want to get that big play and all that kind of stuff. But you know what, if you take off and get six yards, that's great too. Like it's, you're still having a positive impact on the game. Don't, like you said, do not overthink it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just being decisive. It's just being decisive. So there were times where he stepped out in the pocket, eyes downfield and hit somebody. There were other times, maybe, like I said, he did hold it too long and it really made me think, of, of Ben Roethlisberger, like I can't, I don't like the Steelers. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Titans fan. So I've actually, Dude, I agree so much. I literally wrote it in my notes the day so, of the game. I wrote it in my notes. So, so yeah, so hold on. So I'm a Titans fan. So I've watched a lot of Steelers over the past eight, ten years, whatever. As you know, and I remember as a Titans fan watching, and there were days that Ben did that, and he ate us up, and they won. And there were days like, and I'll always remember. Um, it was 2008 or nine, I think, and we they Pittsburgh was coming in to, to Titan Stadium, and if we won, we won the um, uh, we got the number one seed, and he killed them. He killed them. He held the ball too long, and he threw two picks. He held the ball long and gave up two uh, fumble strip sacks. So it's like it's very feast or famine because there are days Joe's gonna be back there working his big old butt around finding someone deep and it looks beautiful. And there's other days he's holding too long, holding too long, and some fast, really good athletic Florida defensive end is going to come around and take his head off and strip sack. So it's a very fine line, and I think that's one thing they're going to work on him is 
hey, if you see it, great, throw it. If not, get upfield. Yep. You know, be be smart about extending plays. And even if he wants to roll out a little bit, just throw it away. Just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a fine line. That's just where you can't – sometimes you can coach it, but other times a player just got to be a player and just – you got a gamer or you don't, and, you know, hopefully he can be one, if that yeah, makes sense. I literally thought the same thing, you know, going into the game, it was the Cam Newton uh, comparisons with Joe just because he's so big, but, like, he doesn't move like Cam. Like, we talked about it earlier, how he seemed kind of robotic. I thought it seemed like that on TV where he can't – like, he's not the quick twitch guy. He's not going to make a juke and a cut and it did it, but he wants to. So he like goes out there and tries, but it's like, bro, you're way too big for that. Just right. run straight, run over a dude if you have to. Stiff <clears throat> arm, that should be your go-to. Um and I yeah, the big bank comparison just sitting in the pocket, sitting, 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 waiting, waiting, waiting. And I mean there were times I think I'm trying to remember the sack total. I think it might have been 3, but like Two of them, it was just, you know, him sitting there waiting, waiting. And that kind of showed me, you know, it slowed down the offense in the second quarter where we weren't able to score, we weren't able to do anything. And I said it at the time, I was like, they're dropping eight guys. So coverage is like everyone's covered. Mm -hmm. So what needs to happen is to simplify for Joe, cut the field in half. He needs to look on one side of the field. And that's it. And if and if it's not open, run. And like just literally simplify it for him because if I thought there were times he was looking at it as, you know, oh, this person I have to throw it to on this play and just like being like this is where I'm throwing it on this play. And then it wasn't open. And then he's standing there going, okay, well, run this way. Like right, go that right, way, and then I'll right. throw it. No, no, no. Like it, it has to determine on what the defense does. Like if they mess up in this instance, then like if it's, the safety comes over and Princeton Fant is open, then you throw it to him. It's a, it's a progression. You go exactly. through I don't think he so was you necessarily go, you go to progressing all- at yeah. some points, and in, in it, and it showed in the first quarter when you know, let's say he threw the ball eight times. I think like six of his targets were Jalen Hyatt. Like, it was like, I need to get Jalen the ball. And I was loving it. I was like, heck, yeah, Jalen's an athlete. Let's get him the ball as much as we can. But I think that was in his head where he's like, oh, on this play, I'm going to throw it to Jalen. Yeah. But it it can't always be that way. That's how play – well, (laughs) not all plays, but most plays, passing plays, are designed where you're going to have your one, your two, and your three. And you got to be really good at working your way through all of them. I felt like I got to a lot of watch. <laughs> I felt like I got to see a lot of good old line stuff. Now I'm not going to sit here and be arrogant and ignorant and think that like watching on YouTube, I know as much as you or what they see in film or, or, you know, running back stuff. But I definitely didn't get to see a lot of stuff from the back end of what Joe was seeing. I luckily got to see where they did show another one. And Jordan Rogers on the TV was like, Hey, like this is a, this is a spot where Princeton Fant right there in the middle, what you were talking about. So you saw it too, where they were talk, talked about on TV, but like, you got to fit that in there. Like give, yeah. give him a shot. Like it was a, that window was pretty huge for college football type deal. And, um, and so I, yeah, it's work your progression, stuff like that. And, and I'll be honest, 
I left the stadium, and I said this early on, I'm not going to be surprised if we see a Harrison Bailey at some point during the season or maybe a Hendon Hooker during the season if Joe just can't get through his progressions. Like, he can have the arm and he can have all the tangibles, but, but two things, and I got my notes right here. I love the play call on first and ten, and they take the deep shot. Milton's got to hit it. And the play design was cool. They let they had uh, Cedric Tillman in the slot. He gets by his slot defender. He runs past the safety, and Joe misses him. If you miss one, okay, but you can't miss two. You know, you can't miss, you know, whatever. Like, you have to be at least 50% on your deep balls because in a game like against Pitt or, you know, South Carolina or Kentucky or some of these other games that we think that we should be in, those yeah. are game changers. Those are yep. absolute game changers. And I, I will be – very surprised if he consistently misses or doesn't work his progression that we won't see a Harrison Bailey. And I'm not, I'm, I'm just not saying Hendon Hooker because I don't think he's as good as a, a passer as, as Harrison Bailey. So, like, you got to have that. Like, you can't, you can't just run an offense if you don't have those things. So, I love the play call. I thought it was a little weird that I love Cedric Tillman, and but they went to hit all the deep shots were to him, and he made a hell of a play when he made that jump ball towards the end of the game. But like. I'm a little surprised we didn't see a, a Jalen Hyatt from the slot with a opposite side post or just a go route, let him get by his people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hated – I thought I, there was another one here. I had good job by Jalen Hyatt working back to the ball. Joe finds him on the comeback. Good job by O-line. And then I did see, which I, I, I'll say this about the offensive line. I saw every offensive lineman get at least one pancake. Darnell had a funny one here where the guy came into him and Darnell used his momentum against him and just held him and dropped him and, and just flopped right on top of him and just sat on him. And there's nothing more demoralizing than that when a, a big boy is on you and you're just like, well, I'm here till the play's over. I mean, I can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like – so yeah. there was some good stuff about it uh, based on, like I said, some of those notes. Uh, I have a note here, and it's so funny because I've seen this on Twitter now, which – People on people on Twitter just need to stop worrying about the transfers that aren't here. Like, like they're talking. Like I saw a tweet that uh, Evans and and Jabari Small had more rushing yards or whatever than Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. Like we've been saying that. Like we weren't worried about them being gone. And my note here is good run plays. I think Small and Evans seem just to be as good, you know, as those two that we lost. So, you know, we don't need to worry about those guys not being there. Yeah. Um, and we you know, so I. Agree with what you're saying. It looks like Tillman can be a deep threat for us in in this in the year, and that wasn't even you know the, we knew he was good, but our minds were going to Jalen Hyatt, we're going to uh, Jones Jr., we're going to Peyton coming in. Like we we weren't thinking, okay, this is going to be the deep threat. This and his ability to get past the guys covering him, multiple guys covering him, is awesome. To like, I love that because it wasn't those balls thrown up, they weren't 50-50 balls. He had beat the man. No, It wasn't right, like right. Callaway and Jennings when it was one-on-one, -on -one, the guy's all over him, like they got to jump for the ball. That that wasn't it. He straight up beat him. Um, and I thought, you know, and I hate to give these guys props, but, you know, the guys talking on the TV copy saying Milton's deep ball is flat. That is a mm -hmm. perfect explanation of what his ball looks like. It is a flat arch. It does not get up in the air, which is what he needs 
so that it's not such a bullet. I mean, that guy throws so hard every See, Kyle, time. Kyle, 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 let me say this. I don't mean to cut you off, but what frustrates me is if you're just a natural athlete, that's not even a te- – like, that's something that you don't really teach. Like, I can – like, I've never – I didn't play quarterback, but, like, I go out, I can throw a football around. Like, normal people know that, like, hey, if you're just – dicking around you got a buddy says hey send me deep and you throw your hand up and i don't care if you're at a tailgate you're at the backyard whatever you just you throw it up there you i mean you i'm not, I'm not saying it's like a daggum jump ball for uh <laughs> jackpot you're not you're yeah jackpot, jackpot. Game, but you get what i mean it's just natural like you just you just sling it and let it go and let them run up under it like i remember playing football and hearing people tell the quarterbacks like hey throw it up there let them run under it like let someone run under it and so it's like that makes me a little nervous because like that should just be a natural athletic movement for a quarterback at his level. Yeah. And so that that what bothers me a little bit. But yes, it can't be such a on a rope. Like just those are easy throws, bro. Just throw it up there and let him run under it. Because like you said, besides Tillman being a jump ball guy, he did get past him. You know what I mean? And he, so he was three four yards past him. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't. It, it wasn't a worry that. Like you had room to throw the ball. It wasn't a worry that it'd be an interception. There was room to throw it. So, I, yeah, I just think he just got to – he's got to take some off of those. Like give it I a little bit it. of touch. Get it up in the air or something. I still do want to see Jalen Hyatt get get some deep balls, chances, because he's more of a run under it and, and go type guy. We saw that last year when he was a freshman. Hell, he did it against Bama. And then we know Velas Jones can do it. I mean, he's he's yeah. a burner. So, it's like – you know, I, I think they got three good options um, yeah. with, with that. Um, I would I, – I think we should talk about our guys that we called out. So, the one that I called out and was going to watch is Evans. Now, you know, when I first said it, you were like, that's a bold thing to do because what if he comes out and balls? And, listen, I told you, I'm going to be very happy if he comes out and balls, which he did. But there is a reason that Jabari Small was in there for – two and a half quarters and not Evans. And you didn't see Evans till the third quarter. There's a reason for that. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure about that? I he really, was not I, I mean, he was not, I think it looked he, like, it looked like small was the only running back out there. Okay. Okay. I, I really didn't, Evans I really didn't see Evans. I, maybe I, you know, missed him. Maybe he was in on a couple of plays to like block or something, but like, Really, all the run plays, I was like, oh, yeah, that's small. Oh, yeah, that's small. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's small. Okay. But Evans has that talent, man. I mean, you saw it in that third quarter when he scored his first touchdown in some of those runs, the ability to make guys miss, his speed, everything. It's like, oh, yes, like this is a legit running back. He knows where to go. He has great vision. He understands his body movement. And – you know, I did see like a, a replay someone put out of him picking up a blitz, which was awesome because that was something I was concerned about. So I'm just saying I was concerned from practice. This game makes me feel a lot better. And there are times where his talent can take over whatever might happen in a certain instance, which is which it, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable um, with him. But I don't think I was wrong to say, hey, let's watch Evans and make sure that he's doing things correctly. I still agree with that point, and I'm happy to see that he had success. 
you, you're definitely not wrong for picking that out because we were the only two people at practice that day. Like we were the only two people at practice that even saw that. And so I, we talked about it and I got where you're coming from. So that's fine. And I saw that same Twitter highlight blitz pickup is a great blitz pickup. I uh, stuck his nose in there. So yeah, no, I, I love to see that too. Um, I, I like what I saw from Evans, but I, I don't think more of the pub is coming out about him. I thought Jabari Small was played just as well. Like, I mean, I thought they were, I thought they both did really good. So I don't want it to be Evans this, Evans that. Like, and we're acting like Jabari Small, you know, was just some bum. Like, I thought he, I thought he played well. I thought I'm, I'm very happy with both of them. Is, is what I want to say. Um, a couple other things, and I'll, I'll get into my players. Well, I took the notes, so I want to at least get these out there. <laughs> so, so. But um, on, on the third offense possession, uh, that was when we kind of stalled. And that was also when Cooper went out. So I made sure to watch Ollie. From what I could see, I thought Ollie came in and did fine. There was one that he got beat on. And there was, a, and there was one that I know I took a note on. I don't know if it was necessarily on the third offense possession. But they rushed three. And both of our guards were like, just like, they didn't have anyone to block. And, yeah. one, of the sack, and one of the sacks comes from – one of the guys just it, – it was um, – they just had so much time because the back end, so it was almost like a covered sack. But I was like, you know, Ollie and and, uh, and Spragans, like, y'all, you help these tackles out. Like, they were just like – like, looking around. And it's like, go, go take one of these guys' heads off. I know you can't – I guess technically you can't engage. Can you not engage at all? Can you not? Oh, go, you can. You can engage all you want. It's just you, you can't. can't go low. You can't. You can't high low a guy. Yeah. Okay. But if there's a guy up top, Spragans could have come on and decleated him from up top. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Even for those ribs, knock him. Knock him down. Yeah. Aim for a hip or a rib and take him out. It. It is. Okay. It's a tough. I've been in that situation before where either guy isn't leaning in to your realm like at guard mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily want to leave the center or the tackle on an island right so if the defensive end is rushing towards the outside of the of the tackle if, as a guard if i go over there i might just get in the tackle's way because okay. he's not okay. he's not coming inside okay and then if the you know knows if the center has control of him it's also the same thing i I, i'm too far away i'm not on the same level as him and sometimes you can get caught in there i still believe you are correct in saying find work find something to do it's like if you are standing around and then there's a sack that's an issue like do something and that's one of the things i was really happy to talk to you about because i knew you would let me know it just as a fan, and I rewatched it probably seven times on YouTube, going back, watching it, watch like doing it slow. And I'm like, that's a tough look. We get not only one guard, two guards that are just like, and they, and, and obviously I'm saying like ball snap, they pick up somebody kind of hands on helping out. But then as the play progresses, they're just literally standing there like looking around. It's like, yo, go clean someone out. Like, go, go take this. And I will say that the guys weren't the tackles and DNs were not too far outside. It wasn't like some massive loop around or whatever. Like I felt like from watching on TV, he could have still gotten a hand on it, but that was, that was tough to see. Like I said, 
Uh, I did think that Cooper, when he came back in, I thought that was great that he came back in because we don't have to worry about him missing next week. I, like I said, I thought Ollie did fine. I will say I caught at least – I mentioned earlier the positive that each offensive lineman I saw had at least one good pancake. I saw one of the players I watched, like we talked about, was Cade. I thought Cade played fine. He got beat inside one time, but it was a stunt play, and it was a heck of a stunt play. And so his, his DN comes all the way in, and usually that, that D tackle or nose guard kind of loops pretty far. It was a very, very, very shallow loop. It was sick design. He basically came right off the butt of the DN that looped over and was getting picked up by the guard. So yeah. it was just tough for Cade. Cade was like sitting there waiting in good position, but it was almost like a it was almost like a lead block, and he was falling his lead block into the backfield. And so Cade got over and tried to get enough of him. Um but here, so here's also something that you're thinking about as an offensive lineman you come to understand is with that stunt, there's no one on the outside. There's no one keeping contained. So say they're running that stunt and it's a run play. The corner's open. Like no one has contained, which is a bad, which is a bad thing. So right. in your mind as an offensive lineman, I mean, I even thought about this as like, okay, well, someone has to loop out here. Someone has to have contained. That's how they stay in their lanes of their rushes, but someone has to have contained so the pocket collapses. If you don't, then he just runs outside and everything's fine. So that's one of those instances where I'm sure Cade's like, all right, this guy's going to loop around for contain. Right. And the guy goes, screw that. I'm going inside. Yep. I can go inside and back out and still be on, like, the outside shoulder of Joe. I got that. That happened to me – Georgia, my redshirt junior year when we were down there, I gave up, I gave up a sack. They were running a game, and the defensive end decided not to. And I reacted as like, okay, here's the game. Right. This, this defensive lineman's coming into me. The defensive end's looping inside. And I literally felt him come into me and him look inside, and he just kept coming. Yeah. And the defense, yeah. the, the defensive lineman did too. So I grab a hold of the, the defensive lineman, and then he goes around me and gets a sack. And I was so pissed because it, he did the wrong thing. He did what he was not supposed to do. And right. I was thinking, oh, he's going to. Um, so that stuff happens all the time. And, it's, and I'll it, be interested, like I said, if, if, that, if, if he messed up, then kudos. I mean, he just messed up and I got lucky. But like I said, I thought the stunt looked dope because usually – he is going to loop pretty good spot, and he didn't loop. He literally was almost like, hey, I, it's like the D-tackle came off, worked his hands, big boy comes inside, and he comes right off his butt instead yeah. of looping all the way back around. So, But anyways, I thought, you know, that was kind of one of the drive killers. I mean, it was, you know, we we, we, we ran the ball those – or uh, our drives were good those first two, and then I wanted to see why did we stall. And, you know, it's a drop pass here. It's a it's a penalty here, and it's uh, maybe hold the ball too long, sack, whatever. Um, I know you and I both were so so happy, and I'm just bringing it up now because I said penalty, but like I, we were both so happy. We thought this was a very clean game by by Tennessee. Like yep. that's something that's great to see, especially first game of the year. Not a lot of penalties. It seemed very very disciplined. You know, um, no pre snap too. Yes, like that. That is an indicator for sure. I mean, posts like, you know, uh, blocking the back, uh, holding, stuff like that. Okay. Like, you know, Carvin had two holding calls in a row. And it's just like, 
I mean, offensive lineman holds every play. I, I thought they were ticky-tacky to begin with, but I, I, I still feel really well that it's like it's after the snap. It's not pre-snap kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, overall, like, um, I guess I can pretty much wrap it up on the – I mean, like I said, I have some other offensive stuff here, but um, I guess overall to finalize everything, I felt better about watching on TV – um, I do think it was pretty vanilla. We still won the game, and we won the game, I felt like, with ease. I really did. I never felt like we were ever worried about losing. Um, mm. we, ran, we ran the ball very efficiently, um, you know, and I just want to see Milton. I'm not going to say anything yet. We'll give him a couple games. I mean, we got a big test for this upcoming weekend, and then Tennessee Tech, you know, we'll hopefully kill them, and we should. And then we'll see what happens in Florida. So it's kind of like I'm giving him the first four games. I want to see what's going on, but I'm not going to be pumped if I feel like he's given us a lot of, you know, uh, covered sacks and he's not getting rid of the ball yeah. and he's not being decisive with the ball. And it's really going to frustrate me if he misses these deep, deep balls. Cause I feel like that's just such a natural thing, bro. Sit back, let it rip and let it go and just let somebody run under it. You don't, you know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah. Um, I, what I about agree. You? What did, what about you offensively? Um, I, I think the same thing. The, the 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 deep balls are definitely going to annoy me if he if he can't get that corrected. I think you know we talked about a lot of the decision making is going to be on him. They're going to want to run more RPOs, the run pass option, and he's going to have to make a better decisions moving forward. Playing this opponent, some of your decisions can be swept under the rug because we're so more much more talented than them. But, you know, are you pulling the ball at the right moment? Are you watching that defensive end crash towards the running back and pulling the ball at the right moment? Are you sitting in the pocket too long? Like we talked about, just take off and run. Are you watching the safeties in the back end? Or are you just thinking this is what's supposed to be open? Those kind of things, like I, I, I want to see more because there were still times – versus an inferior opponent that the right decision wasn't made. Um, and maybe it was because, you know, Coach Heifel's like, I want to try some stuff. I want to get to, you know, these kind of plays and see what he does. Instead of giving – like the first drive, first two drives, that first quarter, those were plays in which Joe did not have to think a lot. Right. It was right. like, hey, here's – Here's what it is. If there's two guys over there, you throw it over there. If there's yep. three guys, you run it. So it's yep. it's just like a lot easier simplification of plays. And I think that was a little bit of a test for Josh, Josh Heupel to give to Joe. And I think he can learn from it, which is awesome. So it's great about having another week. We get to we get to learn. We get to, you know, see how he improves versus Pitt. But um Overall, I think offense was great, and, you know, I trust Heifel well, and everything that he's doing. Last thing, too, because I just saw my notes, and I don't think even I hit on it yet. There were some pretty brutal drops by some of the by some of the receivers. That You cannot have that. And Jalen, I thought about this when we left. As soon as that hit his chest and fell, I thought about the practice. We went, we went to practice, and he dropped four balls. It was had to be his worst practice. And then we see a couple drops this week like, you can't have that crap. Like you, you can't. I mean, each player, each maybe you, you maybe get one every two or three games that are just like, dang it, like blatant drops. But like, 
you can't win football games if you're just dropping balls. And I don't want to hear the people that are like, oh, well, Joe's just rocking them in there and stuff like that. Like, the, we all know the rule. If it hits your hands, and especially these guys, high-level SEC receivers, highly recruiting, like, bro, it hits your hands, you got to catch it. Like, yep. it just is what it is. So, yep. um, if you don't like the rule, don't play receiver. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, okay, so you want to jump into defense. Yes. Let's move into the defense. Um, immediately starting off the game, Elijah Simmons just going balls to the wall, showing why he is – Big, strong, athletic. I mean, he was in the backfield three plays in a row. That is exactly what he can do whenever but he hold on, wants hold on, to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I made sure to watch this multiple times. The first play of the game was our boy Matthew Butler. Matthew Butler ate that walk-on center alive. He shot yeah. back there. His hands, his feet were great, and Matthew Butler was back there. And then, like, the next player, too. I mean, Elijah was back there and he was playing well, but I was very impressed with Matthew Butler. But anyways, continue. Yeah, so uh, I think the defensive line did great overall. Like watching them, where, where that's where my eyes go most of the time is the line just because I played offensive line. I thought their pressure, I thought pushing, uh, you know, the line back, you know, changing the line of scrimmage, you know, making it two to three yards behind of where it started. That was amazing to see. I don't know if I really saw that continuously throughout the game, which is like, a, hey, are you just doing it right now because you're not tired? What do you do when you're tired? Um, which I wanted to see. I, you know, I thought they did a good job at understanding the plays that were coming to them. Uh, it seemed as if they knew, oh, this is the play. Like, I watched enough film. I know that they're about to run this pin and pull. I know they're about to run this jet sweep. I can stop this. Um, so it's just like, okay, they watched film. They understood that these plays were going to come. I think there was a little bit more to be desired in the back end just with coverage. And it kind of sucks watching on TV because you can't really see everything that's happening. You just, you know, see it once the ball is thrown. And I just thought there were windows that were open for this quarterback, which I think they should have been tighter. And if you're going to play in Alabama, Florida, those windows are going to be even bigger because the athletes are even better. Their wide receivers are even faster. And it's just something where it's just like, okay, now that we have something to work on. Um, The rotation of linebackers, I, I, I wasn't sure exactly why they were doing it. I didn't know if it was like, hey, this is our pass-heavy package. This is our run-heavy package. If they were just trying to figure those guys out, they were just trying to get them reps so that, like, depth is better. Because, that, I mean, that is a possibility versus an inferior team. Hey, we need all of our guys to have good, you know, experience. We need better depth. Okay, let's get them all playing time because – the third drive on defense, they switched the linebackers. Let me say something. Let me let me interject real quick. I was right there with you. I'm sitting in there. I'm like, what the F are we doing putting these guys in? And at first, I thought they were trying to get these guys reps when they brought in uh, Solomon Page and uh, Beasley. Aaron, yeah, and Aaron Beasley. As I've watched it back on TV, I think those are our I think those are our more pass happy uh, coverage linebackers. And 
I'll go ahead and just give you a little sneak peek. I thought they actually did pretty well. I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't feel great about – well, anyways, I don't want to cut you off where you're going. But, but yes, I do think it was a a double – I think it was killing two birds, one stone. Get those guys reps. But I really, really do think against past heavy teams, we're going to see those guys quite a bit. But that's that that was the connotation that I got when I was watching it on TV. I was like, okay, they feel like they're in because it's pass, 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 pass. So yeah, I, I we're thinking the exact same thing, which makes me feel better about it because I was still like on the fence of why is this? Why is this happening? Is there you know a certain time or a certain package they see and they're like, hey, I'd rather have these linebackers in there. Um but I thought all four of them did a good job. I thought they ran to the ball well. I thought they, um, you know, there was a couple blitzes that I thought they did well. Uh, not a lot. We've really, I think we ran like two, if I remember. Um, but I like the linebacker unit, and that was our biggest concern heading into leaving spring practice. And then heading into the fall was what are these linebackers going to be like? And none of them are those physically imposing guys that we talked about, but they all run around like crazy. They all give full effort. They all, you know, they lead the defense. Well, I, I, I enjoyed watching them and, you know, their success on the field and their improvement from what we saw before. Okay, so some of my thoughts slash also um, my notes. Like I told you, Matthew Butler's push was awesome. They actually doubled Matthew Butler and not Elijah on the third down. And then Jeremy Banks had a hell of a a, – he shot the A-gap, made a great play. Like I said, that four center was just getting worked by everybody. Um, the second he's a walk on, he's a walk on freshman start. Yeah. His first, first, first time start. It's just stumped for him. Okay. Second D series. And this will tie in. I absolutely loved what I saw from our DBs. Honestly, the tackling and the pursuit from every single person on that defense, I thought was very impressive. D-line linebackers and, and, and corners and safeties. But I thought RDBs and were, were awesome. I thought they were good at taking on blocks, getting off blocks, keeping their outside arm freeze, and making plays. I was so impressed while I was in the stadium. And then when I went back and watched, I said, and it wasn't – Theo Jackson had a hell of a game. He had a hell of a game. But, bro, I saw each one of them do it a couple – I saw Alante Taylor do it. I saw Warren Burrell do it. I saw Kenneth George do it. And I yeah. saw Trace Flowers. And I saw Tate McCall do it. They all had at least one play where they either – the safety shot the shot the um, the alleyway, came up, made a great play. It was so impressive. I was so freaking impressed with how well they played the run, how they got off blocks, made tackles. And there were even times where, as a corner, you have no one on your side. You don't have a tight end. It's it's trips to the other side or whatever, and you come up and you're basically playing. It was I remember playing it as as a corner at, in high school. It's a pretty cool position. Go ahead. Two ways you're playing two ways, like when that happens. What do you mean? Are you saying like on a run play if they're you know if it's coming to the outside you're kind of playing both like you're trying to keep the edge but then also like, oh 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 yeah safe. yeah yeah. 
Yo, yeah, yeah. I'm saying they did a great job of that. Like, and that that's what I what I meant with then was when they were taking on block, keeping their outside arm free, shedding yeah. the block, making tackle. But no, I'm now I'm talking about if the corners had no one to their side, literally like no one, and everything's opposite. And I remember getting to do this in high school where you literally get to come up and you're not like you're not like straight head up with the line, but you're kind of at that angle. So for people watching on YouTube, it's like you know, if this is uh, or this is the line of scrimmage, instead of being head up here, I'm kind of angled and I get to watch everything here. Yeah. And I, I and, and so what it is, is, OK, do I have a back coming out of the backfield? Depending on what your coverage is in, I obviously have to watch for a slant or shallow or drag. And I think the one I'm talking about at first, I thought it was super, super aggressive and great. I think it was a blitz now. And so he still made a hell of a play. But it was. Um, dang, I think it was. I think it was – I can't remember if it was Braille or George. It wasn't Alante, but it was one of the corners. And they're on that side. Like I said, they have nothing. So they're almost playing like outside linebacker safety position. They have a run coming back their way, and they ate up. They took the block on, they kept their outside on brief, and they made a good tackle. And it was, it was so awesome to me that it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, Theo Jackson did a hell of a night, but, man, like – you know, that Reed Bacon, he really couldn't get off blocks and make tackle. You know what I mean? Like, it's never good when it's one guy's really good and one guy's just sucking it up. And yeah. I thought they all play, I thought they all played well. So, I just – now I'm just getting excited. Like, I thought the defense, defensive backs played awesome. And I yeah. thought our whole – I thought our whole defense played uh, played well. Like I said, swarming the ball, getting off blocks, making tackles. There's been emphasis um, on tackling and getting off yes. blocks, like, in practice. It, like, those are huge. We huge might not have blocks. seen that and, like, watched individual drills, but – it is obvious watching the game that that has been a huge teaching point to these DBs is this is how we get off blocks. This is how we keep contained. This is how we make tackles. I'm going to be honest, Kyler. I'm going to be honest. It's just as important as your coverage chills. Yeah. Because, because if they run a bubble route to your side and you can't get off a block and help keep contained or make a tackle well, that touchdown. bubble route, just that bubble route. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's. Do you say do you say touchdown? Yeah, yeah. I've exactly. I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. Julio Jones scored on the first play when we played Alabama because it was a bubble route and no one could get off a block, and he scored like sixty five yards touchdown. Yeah, it's 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 brutal, and so and so that is such a huge part of the game. Okay, so more to my notes, the hands and feet of Elijah were awesome. I and and my point to was I hope he can do it against off offensive uh sec or higher caliber offensive line we'll find out this week how he does against pittsburgh's offensive line um he did a great job against the double um let me see what some of my other defensive stuff here from when i was actually going through like legit jet possessions um yeah third down the third different defensive possession it was a great play by tank flying up made a great initial hit on a screen play i will say the one thing i did want to see now, they did do the triple reverse throwback and try to take a shot. And I jumped up out of my seat and I was like, stay at home, stay at home, because I knew I saw what was coming when they threw it back. And he didn't throw it deep. So I didn't get to watch it on film, but it sounds like someone stayed home because he didn't take a deep shot. He ended up throwing it like to the running back or a little tight end that was five yard pass on scrimmage. So that was great. I did want to see, though, a height, play action. And let me just take a shot. Like, I'm just going to throw it deep on a Alante or on uh, Burrell or Kenneth George. And I want to see, A, how they played the ball. If they Because it's when you know you're better and when you're just eating, I mean, it's a feast when you're just – you're jumping everything. You're coming up, making hits, making tackles. But then again, against a good team, they'll use that against you. 
And that's kind of what we saw a baby bit on those wheel routes. The one real route they had on third and 11, I watched that play probably 10 times. That was a hell of a play designed by Bowling Green. They bring receiver drag, tight end drag, and they bring the wide receiver out and do the wheel route. It was really just one of those plays where the defense didn't have a chance. They're basically, it's like a read option where the offensive coordinator says, hey, whatever you pick, it's wrong because we're going to have it, we're going to go another way. And yeah. the guy, it was third and 11. It was a hell of a play. These guys are college athletes, too. These guys are college coaches, too. So, you know, guy made a good one-handed catch. Uh, but I love the play design. But, um, I, like I said, I, I wanted to see, instead of so much underneath, which the Dink and Duncan, I wanted just to see them test our DBs a little bit deep. But there is a positive to that. If they're going to Dink and Dunk because they know they don't have time, you know, let them dink and dunk. And the most important thing is I remember watching it in the stadium and being like, come on, guys. Like, we're getting picked apart here dinking and dunking by Bowling Green. But guess what? They didn't score a touchdown. We held, oh. them, we, we held them to two long field goals. So, let them dink and dunk. And guess what? Back to it. We're making the tackles. So, like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we'll see how Pitt uh, – because, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But we saw that Pitt does take some deep shots. They're going to definitely try to go those wheel routes or play actions and use that aggression against us. But, um, and I think, in one thing I did want to call out, uh, Trimbley with a few pressures on the quarterback, which I did not expect to happen. My notes, my notes, check these notes. So, yeah. And then we like talked about it. Remember, we talked about it practice. Yeah. Like this guy does not look big. Like it wasn't what I was expecting. But listen, so my note was if you do it, you do it. Yeah, DeJon Terry with the with the center once where we got back to the line and he was the one on that shovel pass where he whipped him, got back and then kind of like, you know, was in front and they just had to throw it in the dirt. So that was a good play by DeJon Terry. Caleb, man, my note, he looked much quicker and more powerful than I expected. So he was quick and I thought he had heavy hands and he had a little nasty to him. When he got back to the quarterback, even though the quarterback got rid of it, he wasn't dumb and just got a, a P.I., I mean, a like a personal personal foul, but he he was like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm gonna get a shot on you." And it was a good two handed heavy head punch, and quarterback went flying. But I was impressed with Caleb from what I saw. Um, of course, I have Alante Taylor shot up from deep corner. Uh, had a nice play on third down, um, which we've already talked about. Scrolling through some of these notes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my last little thing for these defense. Like we've already talked about, Bowling Green did a lot of quick stuff because they had to get rid of it. And if you notice, they did so much rolling out. They rolled out all night. They rolled out all night. And I loved that Hypel. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, everything I've seen from Hypel so far, like I really do like him. But I love that Hypel said in this pre, pre – or his um, – before going into halftime interview, you said that their boot game was killing us. And, like, we got to play that a little bit better. I don't think I've ever heard a coach point out something specific in the past couple of years with UT. I really don't remember Butch. I don't really remember Pruitt doing it. They just spoke in base turn. But Hypo was just so calm, cool, collected. He said, hey, we did some good stuff. I like this. They were killing us on the boot game. Like I said, I was pretty impressed with that Bowling Green uh, offense yeah. coordinator head coach. But they rolled out all night, and they tried to go east and west on us. And I thought we swarmed and made the tackles well. All right, I'm done with defense because if not, I'll just keep going. Well, we can also talk about our guys that we that we pointed out on defense, which go I ahead. You, mine was Jay Blakely, and you know he got the start. Byron Young is 
out for two games, I guess. I, some of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean, he literally went to a different school in between us and that one that he played at. Um, so, yeah, Jay Blake with the start. And it, I thought he played very well. I thought he was aggressive with those tackles. I thought he got a lot of pressure, especially on those jet sweeps and making them, making those guys bubble around or cut back in um, and was able to keep contained. I really wanted to see some pass rush moves out of him and maybe getting a sack or two. But I, I like the way he played. I, in no way did I think um, – oh, snap, like the twos are – like he's the second string and it's not good play and it's, you know – now their offensive line is not great by any means, but I am happy with the way he played because I feel comfortable enough with Byron Young not playing that he's in there. So that makes me feel good. Now I can't remember what – what did you pick DB? I you picked two, didn't you? Yeah, it was one was Alante Taylor. From what I saw, I thought he played fine. I didn't get to see him get tested deep, as I've mentioned. Yeah. Um, but my, my other one was Latrell Bumpus. Oh, yeah. And I thought when I saw him in there, he played fine. But what I was wanting to see out of Latrell Bumpus, I saw out of big Omari Thomas. That boy looks awesome. First off, the swag, number 21, arm sleeve. Boy looks swaggy. But that man looks like he has a chance to be special Tennessee because of the size and speed combination. Yeah. Seriously, like, he looks – and I don't know how he looked on TV, but when I saw him in person and when I saw him on, on YouTube, I thought he looked awesome. So, I was very happy. So, Latrell played fine, but what I wanted to see from him is what I saw from Big Amari Thomas. I don't think – I don't think I uh, – I don't think I like the number 21 on a, on a defense alignment. <laughs> it's sick. I, I think it's weird, man. No, I, think, I like it. I think you go single digits over going 21. Mm. I mean, I'm fine with I'm fine with single digits, but I was shocked that I thought the 21 looked pretty swaggy on it because you see zero, you see one, you see two, you see five, you see eight, and then you see it up in the 90s like, nah, bro, I'm 21. You can throw me a route too if you want. So I'm I like running it. back, baby. <laughs> but seriously, he did, he really did impress me. Which, which, and we'll say this too. I noticed. It's funny that these guys we notice now, but at practice, I swear, I swear to you, I don't know how I would have missed Big Omari Thomas at practice. So I don't know if he went practicing that day or what, but I do not remember seeing him. And another thing is we talked about not seeing Aubrey Solomon uh, at practice. That boy had long sleeves. And <clears throat> as a guy who, uh, you know, in Memphis was redshirting and knew I was never, I was not seeing the field that year. You have a certain act on the sideline. You're walking around. You're talking to people. You're watching the game. You're joking. That's what Aubrey Solomon is doing. So it's really weird to me how a guy who had so much hype and was a five-star coming out, that boy looked like he was never seeing the, the field that day. And it was yeah. just really weird to me. So it made me think about it practice, how we didn't see Aubrey. I didn't see Big O. And uh, some of these different guys I didn't really notice as much as I did now. So – I don't know if they weren't practicing or we just missed them, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Hey, be memorable, okay? You want me to remember you? Be memorable. I like that. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So, Play fast. Um, let, me, let me notice you. And we'll, it, we can still touch on some stuff when we talk about Pitt at the end. That way, we're, you know, here's what our offense needs to do. Here's what our defense needs to do, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, before we get into Pitt, let's just – Talk about the SEC a little bit. 
kind of what we saw from this weekend. Um, first off, very annoyed that every single game was on at the exact same time. <laughs> it was very hard to watch everything. Uh a lot of these other games made me feel better about our game versus Bowling Green. <laughs> Bingo. I felt the same way. I was going to say the same thing. Yes. So it, it was it, like there are a few teams in the SEC after watching this week where I think Pitt is better than those teams. Like Pitt is a harder opponent than Missouri, than South Carolina, than Vandy. Like – Watching those games in my head, I'm like, dude, Pitt is is going to be a tougher game than all three of those guys. And I mean, it like the struggle that South Carolina had just to like get everything going and be able to beat that team. Missouri just hanging around with Central Michigan. Vandy getting beat by ETSU. Let's go, Buccaneers! Oh, <laughs> uh, like it made me feel better. I mean, like. Florida was it was just 14 nothing versus Florida Atlantic for uh, two and a half quarters so it's like that kind of stuff I mean Georgia's offense couldn't do anything versus Clemson's D now Clemson's obviously a better team than us but like there's still when you see games like that where the offense can't move you watch the defense what's the defense doing so every team that Georgia's going to play moving forward is going to watch that Georgia Clemson game and go all right, what did Clemson's defense do to Georgia to hold them to three points? Yeah, yeah, but they don't. That, but a lot of those teams aren't going to have the same players as Clemson on defense. That's true. <clears throat> so but it did. Well, it I mean, it they, helps out. It helps out the Georgia or the Floridas and the Bamas yeah, of the SEC like, yeah. when they go to play yeah. Georgia. When Bama's playing Georgia in the SEC championship, they got that on film, being like, "All right, this is what we're going to do." I'm going to say. I'll say this. So. I, I score what I score checked a lot of games because I was gambling. I didn't watch a ton of the other SEC games. I saw enough of Bama to let you guys know that it's oh like I said it's over like it's it, like LSU can't compete with them. <clears throat> I don't trust Georgia to compete with them, um, and that was our best opportunity is for someone to knock them off. I don't know about Florida. We'll see. I'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment because I don't think Miami. I thought they were a little overrated. And, and we always know there's games that through the year that every team has that are a dogfight that they weren't expecting, and there's a, that upset scare. But I do feel better about Missouri and South Carolina, obviously Vandy, and some of these other teams that we're going to play because I'm only focused on us. I know we're not winning national championship this year, so I just want us to have as good as years we can. Hey, I don't, I don't feel better about Kentucky. I'll tell you that. Well, I – no, <laughs> threw for four but, touchdowns, almost 400 yards. I don't feel better about that. Kentucky, I was always a little bit worried about going to the year. Like I told you earlier, I was always more concerned with Missouri, uh, Pitt, and South Carolina. And, you know, I didn't know what Vandy was going to show. But I didn't watch enough to uh, – like I said, I just score-checked. But the one thing you got to keep in mind – we were pretty vanilla against Bowling Green. One other of these teams are pretty vanilla against their opponents too. So let's let's give it another week or two and see some other SEC versus SEC. That's true. I, I mean, it's, it will be different once it gets into SEC play. Like once you're actually playing your SEC opponents and, you know, sometimes you can't get up for the yeah. lesser opponents. It's harder to get excited for. So, yeah, understandable. But, yeah, like I said, it just – 
it really does make me feel better. And I feel like Pitt could beat out of, you know, the total SEC teams, Pitt could beat six. Yeah. Of them. All right. Like they're yeah. a pretty good team. <clears throat> All right. We jumping into Pitt right now. Let's jump into Pitt. Let's move into right. the next round. Uh, okay. So Pitt, um, I started watching, I didn't get to watch their game as much as I wanted. I watched some of it on YouTube. And it was funny because immediately I was talking, I was like, is Pat Narduzzi still not their head coach? Like, is there someone new? Last time I remember watching them, they were upset in Clemson and they were running with Nate Peterman and they were running the I formation, play action pass. So obviously they probably had a change of offense coordinator or they just kind of leveled up like the rest of college football to where besides the Big Ten, <laughs> that <laughs> that Penn State Wisconsin game was some old school ball. But anyways, uh, they just leveled up to where they're running more of a spread. Uh, Redshirt senior, Kenny Pickett, a quarterback, that bro was much more athletic than I expected. Yep. He, he he swears he's like a receiver or, or running back with the, the two gloves and the sleeve. But I thought he uh, I thought he played well. Like I said, I was not expecting them to do that as many read options. You know, I think they were pretty vanilla. It was basically run, read option, a little bubble screen, and then they did take some shots. A guy that I'm going to be very – a guy I'm really going to watch for Pitt is that tight end. They had a big boy tight end, number seven. Um, they like to go – Pickett like to go to him a lot in the middle of the field. Um, and I'm going to see. Like I said, I was impressed with how Beasley and Page played. Um, and I think they're both athletic enough because, you know, I didn't say this when we were talking about defense, but I saw these guys very up close. And I saw Juwan Mitchell stand right next to Tate McCullough and like Theo Jackson, and bro, you could have thought Juwan Mitchell was a, a safety. He, I mean, he just he's a smaller guy. Like Solomon Page is very skinny. Beasley's just not very big. And then uh, you know Banks, whatever. But like you, you made a great point too. Like college football is changing, so you know they're just not as big as imposing. But um, I want to see how those guys cover this big boy since they have the athleticism to cover him, but probably not the size. Um, I wasn't super impressed with Pitt's offensive line against UMass. I mean, UMass is trash. I mean, people said Bowling Green was one of the worst teams in uh, 1A. I mean, UMass probably is – UMass, did they decline to go to 1AA? Because they looked <laughs> they look brutal. Um, and they were still getting a little bit of pressure on, on uh, Pickett back there. So, I'm really excited. I Defensively. Holy crap, that UMass quarterback, that guy didn't have a time to freaking blink. Like, they were just bringing the house on him. They were collapsing that pocket. And I do think they'll try to do that against us. I really do. I think Pitt is going to come out, and they're going to say, if you want to beat us, you got to beat us in the air. And yeah. it's going. It's, so that's going to impress me with two ways. It's going to impress me if Tennessee says, okay, you're going to try to stop a run, and guess what? We can still run it. That is the most demoralizing thing we could do to them because they're selling out to stop the run and we can still run it. But also, I want to see how Milton plays and how uh, Goalish and, a.k.a. Heifel, how they adjust and how they attack. Because I really do think they're going to man us up on the outside and say, all right, you losers, we're bringing the house and we're stopping your run, you know, bringing the house on your pass plays, and we're going to load the box up. Um, and so that's where I'm going to be. We're really going to get a good test at Milton and Heifel's offense this week. Yeah. I, I mean, when you watch the first game, when you watch the Bowling Green game, you're watching film, you're thinking to yourself as a coach, this guy doesn't have, 
you know, the best ability to throw. He, he throws too hard. Sometimes he isn't finding the actual open receiver. Like we said with the Princeton fan thing. So as a defensive coordinator thinking, all right, well, let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the run because they just had a drive coming out of halftime where they ran it 10 times in a row and scored. So like, that's the kind of stuff you see. You're like, okay, we're going to load that box. Just like you said, it's just, you know, once you see a team's, you know, strong point, that's what you're going to try and stop. So I agree with you by saying that, you know, Pitt's going to come out there with that in mind. Um, An interesting thing I saw about their offense, you know, you said the mobile quarterback, Kenny is definitely more mobile than I thought. Um, I didn't expect it. I guess maybe it was just, you know, seeing a redshirt senior white quarterback at Pitt and didn't think he'd be mobile, but he is. Well, uh, let me say this too. Let me ju- interrupt you real quick. Besides being mobile, meaning getting out of the pocket and escaping stuff, like they had des- a lot of design runs for him. Continue. Yeah. yeah, they did. But one thing that I noticed a lot of is on their run plays, they were trying to get to the edge more than anything. I didn't, I, I didn't see a lot of attacking the middle which I thought we did a great job of versus Bowling Green is containing the edge and keeping it, you know, keeping everything in. But there were plays in which you could see it was a pin and pull like we ran, but you could see the offensive linemen going towards towards the outside number of guys. Like their whole objective was to get to running back to the edge, to the outside. Now I have no idea if that's something they saw of UMass where it's like, Hey, we can take advantage of the outside. Let's run these plays towards the outside all the time. Or if it's like, Hey, these are really good plays for us. We like to get to the edge. So with that, it's going to be very, very, very important for our DBs, our hybrid guys, our safeties coming down to contain in this game. I think that will set the precedent of like how well is this pit offense going to run because they're going to run that ball first and second down on a lot of their drives. They're going to run it, especially when they're right inside the red zone. They loved it like 15 yards, you know, about, about 15 yard line to get at the run, to get outside, to get like they scored two or three times doing that. So it's, it's something that's going to be very important, which is why I have one of those guys as, my guy to watch this week um but that that was just something i blatantly noticed about their offense i'll be if if pitt comes and attacks us sideline to sideline all i can go off of is what i just saw this past week against bowling green in my eyes if they go sideline to sideline i feel comfortable um obviously well we won't be as dominant as we were against bowling green and they're going to give up plays and make plays but i would rather them attack us sideline to sideline with what I just saw from our DBs, our pursuit from everyone and our flow and pursuit from our linebackers. I hope they go sideline to sideline. I don't want them to pound it at us because there were a couple times where Bowling Green did line up and they tried to pound it at us and they got three or four yards. The defensive line got a good push and the linebackers came up and, and uh, fought it hard and they're not scared of contact but they got pushed a little bit because of their size but that's what I'm more worried about is if they do try to do that just over and over and over um I think we have enough good d-line to get a push or to to hold up but I really do hope Pitt goes sideline to sideline 
And if they go sideline to sideline, I want to see exactly what I saw this week. And I'm really ready to see some people take shots on us, like straight up play action or just, just you know, go route shots, whether it's from the outside or the inside. Yeah, I mean, we want to see how these DVs react too. Yeah. I yeah. want to I re- I, I, see how I they really, play the ball. Selfishly, uh, I really wish it was a 3.30 or 8 o'clock game. Uh, be incredible atmosphere, nailing, rocking, Neyland. I just like saying Neyland, but I get corrected that it's ne- – is did it really you, Neyland? Did you get called out by that? Yeah, on the YouTube com- – is it really Neyland? Yeah. You know what's embarrassing is when I lived in Nashville, uh, our next-door neighbor, like right next to us, was uh, General Neyland's grandson. And you yeah. called him Neyland the whole time. No, hell no. It wasn't that. I mean, I was young. I just would like talk to him. Like, but I'm just saying, like, it's funny that I just, I just, I don't know why I just say Nayland. Like, I just like it. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I'll I start, didn't correct I'll, you. I was just like, yeah, hey, whatever. If he wants to say yeah, it like I'll just, that. I'll start. Hey, just so we don't piss any off, anybody off, I'll start saying Nayland. But Nayland would be rocking. And uh, I just feel like sometimes those 12 o'clock kicks kind of, they kind of play an advantage to the home team. And I do trust that we're going to have a good crowd in there and it's going to be rocking. So I do like the, uh, you know, the uh, home field advantage. Um, but, man, I just – I'm just so ready to watch this game. I've been saying it for freaking months. This is the biggest game of the year. And it's a huge test, man. It's a huge test. I'm just – I'm ready for it. And I hope the defense can bow their necks like they did this past week. And uh, offensively, I hope um, – Offensively, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see how they attack. And one person that we didn't note say, which we didn't bring up and mention, but uh, our Knoxville Catholic fellow brother in, Tyler Barron played a pretty good game. I, I thought he had that massive sack on third and 16, I think it was, for to force them to a long field goal. I thought he set the edge well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought, like, you know, I just thought we needed to mention him because we hadn't really even mentioned his name, but – yeah. I thought he played well from what I saw. So um, I agree. Um, I'm very excited for this game too. One, I would say, what I'm worried about on defense, and not necessarily like the running that I was talking about, is a mobile quarterback. Because I thought there were times where maybe we did get pressure on this quarterback, but alluding to what I had talked about earlier, we didn't have contain on him. Right. Like, if it was a mobile, like I think about it in that sense where, oh, if this guy was a mobile quarterback, like if just Hendon Hooker was back there, not like if Johnny Manziel or Michael Vick, like not like that kind. If Hendon Hooker was back there, would he easily be able to get out of this? Yes. Like I felt like the lanes weren't always where they needed to be by the defensive line versus Bowling Green. So that concerns me. I just, you know, want them to understand like this guy is not that mobile. Like they did do boots and stuff like that, but that quarterback isn't, you know, blowing anybody I, out. I, I think, I think I, I hope, uh, I hope that, that the coaches knew that and they were like, go eat like this McDonald guy. ain't, ain't And I do think it's going to be an emphasis at practice this week. Like, Hey, we have to um, control our gaps. Here's your you chance know, not- to get a McDonald's bag. Go get it. <laughs> 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 no, but anyway, seriously, I think I think they're going to say this week is a lot about. And I remember playing ball, and I was just talking to somebody about this recently when I, when I went to a local high school game. I felt like so 
much. It's attack, attack, attack on D. And you're playing right into the in right into the offensive hands. Because when you come up three, four, five yards as a defensive lineman or maybe a linebacker, all you're doing is with these offenses now is it's that read option or it's that handoff. Well, hell, by the time they're handing off, you can't stop your momentum from coming this way and the running back's going right by you. And that's one thing at Catholic that we always did so, so well was they didn't teach us to come upfield. They didn't. It was, it was, hey, establish the line of scrimmage, get your hands on them and sit and wait and you can control them. And that's just as demoralizing as a tackle for a loss because it's just a brick wall they're trying to run into. So I really do think the the, the this past week it was they they weren't worried about Bowling Green. It was hey go eat, you know, and, and, and go get your bag. And then this week I think it's gonna be hey we got a lot more contain here. We got to watch this quarterback. We don't want to give up run lanes. But oh, and something also that made me feel good that we need to take advantage of on defense, which I don't think we did, is we didn't have turnovers while Pitt. This past game had four fumbles. They lost two of them, but they had four total fumbles where it's like, hey, start punching at the ball. When someone's got to wrap up, punch at the ball. When someone's got to wrap up, start pulling. Like, we got to get more turnovers. It's going to affect games in a crazy amount of way. Like, it has to it has to be there. Well, Theo, I don't think Theo's going to drop that one again that he made a hell of a play on, and the ball was a little bit behind him, but that was right in front of me at the stadium, and he made a good play. The one that got tipped by my big man, Omari Thomas, and Tank McCullough. I guess they didn't give it to him. They said it wasn't a catch, which I think ended up helping us because if I'm not mistaken, that might have been fourth down or whatever. I can't remember. But they, you know, so we had opportunities. But yeah, we'll definitely need to capitalize on those. And you're 100% right. Like, go after the ball. Um, if Pickett's back there, you can swipe at it. Like you said, if someone's got someone else held up, wrap that thing out. Uh, yep. wrapped up rip it out so all right um, so guys that you're looking for one on offense one on defense you go first all right so make- defensively because we we're just kind of talking about it is theo jackson and i'm watching him not because i'm like hey he's not good i need to make sure like i want to he is good that's why i'm watching him because his play is going to be a huge factor in this game like i said with those runs he's going to be one setting the edge because they're going to spread those wide receivers out, and he's got to be the one to come up, take on a block from a tight end or maybe, you know, a, a pulling guard and set the edge, make him cut back inside. Like, as long as he does that, if the guy cuts back inside and gets a good run or cuts back inside and scores or whatever, that's not on Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson did his job. And, you know, like we said, in coverage, I thought he did great too. I thought – that was smart play by him. I really wish he would have caught that. That would have been awesome. Um, but I, I, I loved watching him play. and He was out there a lot. You know, we talked about the rotating linebackers. and He's kind of a hybrid, like, linebacker safety. And he was out there, you know, 80% of the game at least. So – I, I want to see him succeed, and that's who I'm going to be watching on Saturday on defense. Defense for me is Tate McCullough. Um, we know he's more of a – probably a little bit more of a physical come up, make good tackles, you know, run the alley, squeeze it, and, and make good plays, and I thought he did that very well. I want to see how he does in pass coverage because we are about to see a lot more – middle to deep shots um and I feel like it's kind of more the typical he's strong safety Trey Flowers is free safety 
And uh, when you're playing passing teams, these strong safeties can't be liabilities in, in coverage. So I want to see how Tank plays. How, how does he come up and run the alley again against better competition? How does he do if he's maybe in one-on-one coverage or, you know, ends up with that big tight end in his zone and he's got to have to match up zone with them? So I'm going to say Tank McCullough for me on, on defense. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, I say offensively on the offensive side of the ball, and we talked about him, but Jalen Hyatt. That's my – I was going to say the same thing. I, you know, need him to make those big catches. I think that Joe is most comfortable with Jalen. Like, I think he wants to get him the ball the most. I think he's most comfortable with him, likes to throw it to him. So, Jalen needs to take advantage of that, get open, um, use his skill set, catch those balls, especially the easy ones, but also some hard ones. Like, I need – I need someone to catch a ball over a DV. I need, you know, someone to have a one-handed catch that, you know, they're putting an extra effort to get there. Like, those plays have to happen for teams to succeed. Like, it's just not easy dumps all the time. Like, there was a reason why Alabama's Heisman winner was a wide receiver. Like, he made plays for the team. So, I want – I want to see that out of Jalen. I think he can do it. I mean, you can see his athletic ability when he's out in the field, and I think Joe likes him a lot. I think Joe will throw him the ball in almost any scenario. So Jalen has that going for him. I was going to say Jalen Hyatt as well because of the not-so-stellar performance. I want to see how he bounced back. Um Seeing how an athlete bounces back from something is huge. You got to see it really speaks to their mental fortitude, uh, their confidence, and all that stuff. Um, so, but since you said J- Jalen, uh, it's kind of weird because I went with Kay, but I'm going Cooper this week. And the reason I'm going Cooper this week is because of his ankle injury. And like you and I mentioned, it, uh, we love how he plays. He plays very, very hard, um, and he always has but he is a little bit lighter in the pants. So I want to see if he can hold up with being a little bit light in the pants for a center, as well as maybe having a bummed ankle. So I'm going to see how he does and see, you know, if he can hold up that whole game, um, you know, because I think then that will help the rest of the offensive line yeah. uh, for, you know, for Carvin to get to stay at guard and, you know, leave everything intact. So that's what I'm going to watch. Yeah. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping Co- Coop's all right. I mean, I have no idea how bad his ankle is. Like, it- it, you it know, didn't look it, great. Did you see the play? It happened. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look great, but at this point, we're hoping for the best. It could come out later this week. It's like, hey, Coop's not playing, or you know, whatever. He could play one drive and be out, which kind of stinks. But we're hoping he can be in there because there was a reason he's a starting center. Well, and the other thing is, it makes me feel like he probably will be there, is because he did come back in the game. Yeah. But then he went back out, so that's what made me feel like. Okay, okay. Well, you know. It could also just be like, hey, this is Bowling Green. Chill the hell out. Like, we're going to be all right. Yeah. You know, even if he could technically play. All right. I loved it. I I, I mean, we had a lot to hit. I think we hit all of it, Um, you know, and – I think this, we did an okay job of trying to contain as much as we had. Um, well, there's just yeah, there's just so much information. I mean, it's just a ton of information we had to get out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a long podcast, but that's all right. That's all right because we had a good time doing it, and everybody wants this kind of information. I felt like 
Um, you know, we talked exactly what we saw. We were able to give them examples of everything. So, you know, if you guys can take anything away from this, that's awesome. Literally one thing. That's awesome. That's all I want. So um, appreciate you guys watching, listening on the YouTube and all the podcast platforms. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, follow, rate and review on the podcast platforms, everything like that. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Love the comment section. I'm literally about to go answer some of the ones from last week's uh, right now. And um, tell everybody about us. Tell your friends and family. Let them know what we're doing, uh, what we got going on. Uh, let them know this is the best place to find any kind of breakdown about the game and, and what to look forward to in the next one. So uh, follow us on social media uh, at Kyler Kerbison, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at rbacon26 on Twitter, and then at Believe in Tennessee on Twitter. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. Oh, if you actually want to contact us individually, maybe ask some questions, uh, email is believeintennesseefootball at gmail.com. Phone number is 865-322-9232, uh, which you can find both of those in my Twitter bio. And... Uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Appreciate you guys watching. As always, go Vols. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.